Hello and welcome to the Hearts Review with me Ross McLeod and Gordon Senior. Joining us this week is Calvin to talk about our win over Alawa in the Championship, chat a wee bit about signings coming in and going out of Tin Castle, look at the possibility of football being suspended and our games against Wraith Rovers being postponed. Well that was a good win today wasn't it? Yeah, very good, very good three points, professional performance. Um, a much-needed professional performance and um, very pleased because, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I think when I seen the team, I was a little bit concerned. There was certainly a, more than a few eyebrows raised. and um, But no, credit credit to the boys on the park. I thought they'd done the job. I thought the substitutes that came on at the right times all, all made a, a very positive impact. Um, and it was, uh, you know, it was potentially a, a tricky tie for us, you know, because the fact that we've lost there already this season, but, uh, but, you know, I mean, you would always like the, the fact that we did lose there early in the season to be going into this game uh, mentally um, to, to get the job done. And um, I thought there was that they certainly done that anyway. Um, I thought midfield-wise, I thought was where the game was won. I thought Irvin was, was excellent. I thought he absolutely uh, stole the show. Um, he was head and shoulders above uh, the, the, the rest on the park. I thought his overall play was, was, was good. I think he um, he just has that ability to control the game, and um, and it's rare, especially in a young player. Um, I thought Halliday played very well as well, and I thought they were, you know, I thought they were very sure, and um, and they stopped Alawa from kind of pressing us, and um, and all three goals were 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 really good, really good finishes. Um, was the third one we know is a, a breakaway at the end, but Janelli showing his quality and his pace to uh, to to bomb past the players if he wasn't there. And uh, and stick it in an empty net, but I think um, even in the first half as well, you know, Irvin's is, is a tremendous goal, um, and then three years as well. But um, disappointed we couldn't keep a clean sheet, uh, particularly when they went down to ten men. That's probably the only sour note. Um, but overall, you know, a good three points for us. We did start the game pretty slowly, Calvin, and eventually got the the first goal coming from Andy Irvin. Fantastic strike on the edge of the box, wasn't it? Yeah, it was brilliant. It's like Gordon says, but Irvin is just is a class above, and it's just not a case of Irvin starts the game, Hearts win the game. He's been the difference this season. Every game started, and I think two games in the league we've lost have been the two games he's not he's not actually managed to get starting. So it's it's fundamental that he plays. He's he's got everything for me. I mean, I know it's a lower level, but he's got everything that he's got a brilliant range of passing. He's confident on the ball. He's good at tackling, tracking back, and then. He can do that as well. It's, it's a full, it was a full all-round midfield performance against a team that we did struggle against a few weeks ago. So yeah, you just got to take your hat off. And I say the game was slow. I couldn't see where a goal was cut. We were playing well. We were stretching them, but we didn't really test the goalkeeper too much. You couldn't really see where a goal was coming from. Then when your midfielder can just do that, you know, it gives you a totally different dynamic to the game. It was brilliant. And Urban will be key for the rest of the season, obviously, Gordon, with uh, Ollie Lee leaving. Yeah, I mean, it certainly um, gives Robbie a, a little bit less of a headache. I mean, there's talk that he wants to bring in another midfielder, so um, it would be interesting to see what type of midfielder he wants to bring in. Um, I think that I think today, for me anyway, put the myth to bed that um, Irvin and Lee, uh, sorry, Irvin and Halliday can't play together in the same team. Um, there was a lot of talk about that. Um, I thought they both strolled in. I thought I thought they both played very well and. Um, you know, it's it's important that you have um, a different range in your midfield, uh, Arsenal, because the important thing is 
they both have different kind of attributes that they bring to the table. Um, Irvin, like we say, you know, he's like Calvin was saying there, he he has has a range of things that he can do. Um, but Halliday does kind of the, the dirty bit, you know, he doesn't stop running. He, he and I've seen I've seen quite a lot of people, you know, criticizing Halliday this season, saying he hasn't been good enough and things like that. I I disagree with that. I think he's been pretty pretty, you know consistent I think he's he's done a job I mean I'm not sitting here and saying I think when people think when you sign a player from the old firm that they're going to come in and be your best player um, I don't think that was ever going to happen but he's certainly a, a reliable uh, midfielder for us um, I think the important thing is Hearts get a consistency about them in terms of their team selections um, that's one thing that I think is probably Robbie actually is always kind of struggled with I think is always having a consistent 11 even when he was at Hearts and Dundee United, he, he does tend to sort of change it quite quite a bit. But I think um, in the middle of the park, you've seen that first season we got promoted, you know, the midfield kind of really never changed. It was always sort of Gomez and Buabin, and then, you know, Payardo came into to that as a um, when he was signed and then the following season kind of Doom came in. But it was always sort of the same midfielders. And I think that was a big part of, of why his team was so difficult to, to play against because midfielders particularly they're like centre halves you know they've got to get familiar with each other and know each other's game and um, I think it's important that he can get if Hearts can get the right blend in there and and somebody around Irvin if it's Halliday if it's if it's Harren whoever um, they can they can be the right kind of blend and and have a solid foundation to build from Um, but yeah Irvin will be key um, as far as talk is you know talks are underway and He's a Hearts lad. You would expect him to sign sign a new contract. Um, I think he'll be key for going forward, and hopefully it's a it's a long term deal. Of course, we went two 0 up. Um, a goal from Elliot Freer. Obviously, Jamie Walker with the assist. That will do them both the world of good in terms of confidence, won't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's good to see. Like Gordon said, when the lineup was announced today, I was a bit sceptical. So it's good to see somebody coming in. I mean, I think Freer had an overall great game. Those points were again. He just didn't look up to scratch, but it was a good finish from him. And I mean, that's two, he's scored two goals in his last couple outings. So it's, it's, he's getting, at least we're getting some sort of return out of him. So he's all you can do. As for Walker again, I think he's doing it more and more now than he was at the start of the season. He seems to be doing more things weekly than he was previously. So that's, that's it as well. Hopefully that just gives him a boost and he can carry on. Because the thing I think we always have said about Jamie Walker being real frustrated is that. We know he's got it in his locker. Yeah, no, I, I agree completely. I think um, the issue with uh, guys like Walker, you see, it's always been the sort of the big games, and um, you know, but games against Alawa and things like that, you expect him to, you know, come up with, with an assist like that. Um, I thought, kind of overall, he was pretty quiet actually. Um, same with Freer as well, as you say. I think that's why Freer was probably hooked after sixty-five minutes. Um, because I thought when GMS come on, he he right away, even though he, he isn't up to um, fully fit yet, but you could see already the the quality uh, that, that we now had on the park. You had Ginelli on the other side as well, and then you had Boyce up front. And already I think we created more kind of clear-cut chances in that sort of 25 minutes of those three being on than we did for the majority of the game. I thought, um, I thought oh, once those three are all kind of fully fit, that's a pretty exciting front three. Um, in my opinion, anyway, um, and I think that you know there's there's bags of goals in there, 
Um, and it's quite it's quite exciting. Well, it will be exciting, hopefully, when, when all three are fully fit. Um, you know, the important thing is, like I say, is you have that kind of strong foundation behind them that can create a guys like Irvin and things like that and Walker, you know. I mean, really, for, for these kind of guys up front, um, people like Walker and, and Irvin and things like that, their job is to, to feed them and um, and they need to do it consistently. Otherwise, you know, I think Nielsen will end up rotating the team and getting in players that, that, that will do it. Um, I think that was the problem with Dundee. We didn't have enough of that and um, where it was evident today um, that, that we did. So the important thing is we, we continue to, uh, to improve the squad in this window and the next window and we continue to bring in players of the the type of quality that, that GMS and um, uh, Ginelli can give you because, I mean, I think we um, we desperately need that. You know, we've been lacking over the last 18 months these types of players. So it's, it's refreshing that you can actually bring two of them on in, in the same game. Yeah, the bench was very strong in this week and in most weeks as well. I mean, that, that bench probably you would have in the Premiership, wouldn't you? Definitely. I mean, the bench, the bench today was... It was every every player on the bench you could bring off and really make a difference. I think echo what Gordon was saying there, the last sort of half hour of the game was actually really quite entertaining to watch. It seemed like every time we got on the ball, there was just an instant like impetus. As soon as we got the ball, we just drove forward. And it felt you always felt like a third goal was coming. When the first two goals, and it's gonna sound weird, when the first two goals were scored, you never felt a goal was on the cards. But in the last half hour when we didn't score, we did score right at the end. But you sort of felt like every time Mackay Stevens or Janelle got on the ball. That something is going to happen. It's it's exciting that because they're three players. They, they two and Boyce are three players that you would take in the Premier League. Um, and if we can just add a bit more solidity at the back, and we've got a very very good team going forward. Maybe need a bit more depth in the middle of the park as well because as good a player as Urban is, if he gets injured, you kind of or even just burns. I mean, he's a young lad. He's you can't expect him to play thirty eight games a season at the moment. So if something happens to him, we're a bit short there, but. That's oh, yeah. why I'd like to see. Yeah. Um, that's why. Sorry, to interrupt. That's why I'd quite like to see Cochrane come back into the fold because I think you know he's a, a similar player in my opinion to Irvin. You know, if you had those two um, kind of vying for places against each other, you know, I think that would be that would be quite refreshing. I think if he was to come back into the fold, uh, doing well at Montrose by all accounts, but um, I think he's he's a similar standard. Yeah, definitely. I was at this point, they went back more this season, especially in the Championship. He would get a fair bit more game time. And now, with we being away as well, there's a, there's a space opened up in the middle of the park that I feel Coppering could have definitely got some more game time. And of course, same as what always happens with Hearts, um, Aloha get a red card and, and then they go and score. I mean, not that we have to panic, but we always seem to concede in this league, don't we? Yeah, I'd. Uh... And a bit of a rant about this at half time because you, you know it's you knew it was coming. It happens every game. Every game we're strolling, sorry, it happens where we absolutely strolling a game. And normally it's at 3 now, and I was like, you know, this game's going to we'll go 3 now up and then we'll concede a goal, the stupid goal, we'll just switch off. And I feel bad complaining about a game that's seen us go seven points, like complaining about anything in a game we've won comfortably and seen us go seven points quick at the top of the league. But this game could have went totally differently at that point. I mean, 2 1 up, like. All the impotence on them, they just chuck every man forward. If that breaks differently, instead of us scoring to go 3-1 up, it goes 2-0 and all of a sudden we're on a bit of a bad run. The whole the whole picture's different. And it, I had a look at it after the game when I was having a bit of moan that out of 11 games in the Championship, we've kept three clean sheets. 
Now, admittedly, most of these goals have came in games that we've, aside from the obvious two, Dundee and Dunfermline, in games that we've absolutely dominated. But there's going to come a game where we're winning one now and we just can't afford one of these sloppy goals. And I don't know if they would come because it only seems to be it only seems to be when we're comfortable that we switch off like that. And it was the same again today. It was just complete. It's not like the boys banged in a wonder strike. It's just we've fallen asleep at the back again. And it, just, it concerns me because it's going to cost us. I hope it doesn't, but it, it feels like it will. I mean, in the championship, we should be keeping we should be keeping more clean sheets than not with the players we've got, with the goalkeeper and the defence we've got. We should. Yeah, our, our defensive record's a joke. I mean, it really is. Um, and it's not it's not just like you say, you know, it's not as if somebody's just picked up the ball on for thirty yards out and they're scoring worldies against us. You know, they're really avoidable goals. Um, I thought that was. Again, you know, all you th- you know, if I'm an opposition manager and I've watched Hearts, now I'm saying to my, my midfielders, I'm like, right, get the ball on the edge of the box or or whatever, and just just float it in. Because let me tell you something, those defenders just can't deal with balls into the box. I don't know what the hell it is; they just no. cannot deal with a ball into the box. And um, and then just you know, just float in, and you'll get a you'll get a reasonable chance of scoring. Um. And it really is concerning because you know you play against better sides. Uh, I always look. I always think back to the the goal that um, I know. I know it's a, a, a fair bit ago now, but it almost reminds me of you know when Oz and Edward scored in the last minute, Tincastle against us, and Scott Brown just got the ball on the edge of the box and he floated it in. Edward just went in between. I think it was Suter and Berra at the time, and just you know slotted in ninety fourth minute or something. Um, you know, you play against teams of the quality of that, they'll they'll score they'll they'll score barrel loads against us in, in, in the premiership, you know, if we continue to do that. And it's um and it's concerning, it really is. So I think the biggest thing for me is um I'd imagine we'll probably wait until the summer now. I don't think we should necessarily rely on on just because John Stewart's coming back. Um I think we've got to spend a real bit of money on our defence. And I think, you know, we've got to get a solid centre-half partnership. I still like Halkett. I think there's a player there. And I think if you get a, a solid centre-half partner with him, then you can build from that. But um, I think going forward, you know, it's something we, we seriously need to look at because I think, I might be wrong, but I think we've conceded something like 14 goals. And I think the entire season, last time in the Championship, we had only conceded something like, I don't know what it was. It was like something like 20 or something. Something like that. Um, so, you know, we're already kind of nearly at that um, that stage already. And that was a longer season as well. That was a full 30, 30 game uh, season. So, um, yeah, it's concerning. But we'll, you know, we'll have to just uh, just deal with it for now, I think. 26 over that season. Right. So 26 goals. But yeah, you are completely right. Uh, we, we didn't we didn't concede thankfully because they they threw their goalkeeper up and uh, Josh Kennelly yeah. done very well with her goal. Yeah, he did. He done brilliantly. Um, because there was a lot of options on. And I thought it was, the, it was quite the ballsy move to just take the defender on because he could have slotted something one on one. But I like to see that. I want to see my winger taking a boy on like that when he's got a chance to score. It does. He just brushes past the boy like he's not even there. You're kind of thinking should the boy take the red card, but ninety third minute of the game, what's the point? Like you might as well just play it. To let the striker go, I, had, I almost thought the ref was going to bring it back for a foul because he sort of just shoulder barged them out of the way. It was quite, it was a fair bit of strength for Janelli that I've not really seen from him yet because he tends to just guide past players. But no, it was all round brilliant. 
cruising and then all of a sudden you're sitting there for the last five minutes just shitting yourself. Yeah, I know. It seems to be the way of, of hearts at the moment, you know what I mean? You think when, when the when the guy goes down to 10 men, you think, you know, when Alamo go down to 10 men, you think, great, uh, that's that's it done now. You can sit back and relax and then it pops up, you know, the, just a simple bond at the back, the, the back stick and it's 2-1. You think, surely we can't throw this one away, but... um. Thankfully, we didn't at the end, and we got the third, and you know it probably looked a lot more comfortable. But to be fair, I thought it was a comfortable performance. Actually, I thought I thought we were comfortable. Um, Alawa didn't really cause us too many problems apart from that kind of goal. So, didn't really remember Craig Gordon have to make to make any kind of real saves. So, um, but like I say, it was a professional performance. To an ex- uh, apart from the the goal we conceded, but um, overall, I think we've we've got to be pleased. You know, three goals away from home. Um, at a venue that we've lost at already this season, and um, and we've got to take heart from that, you know, because I mean, if you look at the the fixture list that we have coming up, Rafe Rovers twice and Dunfermline, you know, you could say nine points out of that the league's basically over. It's about winning these games, isn't it? In going to Alloa, going to Arbroath, and and getting results at least. Do you know what I mean these are difficult venues to actually go and win? This is where you win the league, doesn't it? important thing is I, th- I think that's what we're consistently doing the last time we won the championship was we went to these places and we swept these teams aside um where rangers and hibs kind of struggled um you know we've lost two games all season unfortunately it's two games that we've lost against kind of our sort of the teams tipped the challengers for the league so um that's disappointing um you know i think one of the games we shouldn't have lost but the other one at dundee we deservedly lost because we were poor but I think, um, you know, if we continue to, to win the games at home um, and we keep picking up points away from home against sides like Alloa and things like that, your bread and butter games, uh, we should have the, the title wrapped up before long because there's Dunfermline going to Morton and uh, and drawing. Um, you know, I think Dundee have already been at Alloa this season and drew themselves. So, you know, I mean, these, these sides struggle against these kind of you know, to win these sort of bread and butter games where we seem to just kind of find that extra extra yard. It just seems to be when we're kind of going away from home in a, a big-ish game, because um, I don't want to call them big games because we're in the championship respectively. Um, although they are big games in the sense that we've got to win the title, but, you know, they're not like magnitude of like playing a Celtic or a Hibs or Rangers or something. But, you know, you've still got to go and win them. And that's concerning that, that those are the two games that we did lose. Gordon, that, that's the big game on BBC Scotland. These, that's Friday Night Lights, you know. We'll move on a wee bit and we'll maybe chat a wee bit about the signings that we're hoping to make this window. I mean, we've seen a, a lot of different rumours flying about. Obviously, we've already signed Gary McKay-Steven. It's, it's a very good signing. And chat about that quickly first. But also, there's been a lot of talk as well about Louis Malt potentially coming in too. Yeah, um, I think I think Louis Moult would be a really good signing. Um, for me, you know, he's a top striker. Struggles a little bit with his with injury problems. He's had he's had a pretty long spell out, unfortunately. Um, but so had Liam Boyce um, before he came up to think uh, to Hearts. And I think Moult's the similar sort of player as to what um, Boyce is in the sense that he knows the league and he can score goals. You know, he's a big strong striker. He gives you different options. Um, you know, he's the sort of player that you would, you know, you could see him starting alongside Boyce or he'd be the sort of player that would come on and certainly make an impact. Or, you know, if Boyce is injured, he starts, vice versa. 
Um, so it just gives you so many options, you know, because you look at, um, I think he scored a couple of goals against us and it was, I think it was a, a cracker. I remember when Motherwell had beat us at, at 2-1 at home. Um, and then, you know, we, uh, he's seen his goals in the semi-final. He seemed to be the sort of player that would always pop up with a big goal for them. So he knows, he knows the league well. He's proven that he can score goals. It gives you something different. And, you know, Preston paid a bit of money to get him down there. So it's just not worked out for him injury-wise. But if Hearts could get him, I think it would be a really good bit of business. And is that the type of player that Hearts should be looking at, Calvin? You know, the, the type of player that Aberdeen usually seem to pick up? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think we've started this window incredibly strongly with signing Mackay Stephen. That seemed out of the book. So that's, that's a, a Premier League signer, if you like. A top four Premier League signer, I would argue. Louis Moe, I would chuck in the same bracket. He, he knows the league. He's scored a fair few goals up here. Um, the problem is, like you say, Aberdeen are the, probably the prime example of a team that have consistently finished in Europe over the last seven or eight years by signing these sorts of players, picking up the best from the other SPL clubs or picking up the best players that sort of left the SPL. They were good in the SPL, moved down south and haven't quite cut it. And they come back up the road and Aberdeen normally get the first dibs. Unfortunately, one time we got first dibs, we signed Connor Salmon. So you kind of... <laughs> Yeah, it's it's the sort of the, some of the signings Aberdeen have made over the recent years are really annoying me because our players have felt that we should be going for them, we should be making these these signings. Some of them haven't worked out like Bryce and I to sign at the time. It's not really worked out for Aberdeen, so it seems we maybe dodged a bit of a bullet there. But if we can start nicking, because I think back to like sort of early two thousand and ten when Jeffries was there. And we were the ones going and nicking all these players from under the nose of Aberdeen and Hibs because we're just outbidding them. Players like Andy Webster, it's probably a prime example. Aberdeen and Hibs are both in for them. And we were able to go and sign them and Webster proved a brilliant sign in the second spell. So if we can go and start nicking players because there's no danger that we were the only one that was in for Mackay Stephen. I mean, both Hibs and Aberdeen would have taken Mackay Stephen. And I, I, I don't know if we've offered them more money. We've guaranteed them first team football. It could be a family issue. I don't know, but he's fortunately he's ended up at Hearts. So maybe we're getting back to the point where we were able to, because I know Aberdeen are a bit of a, it seemed to have hinted several times and had a bit of difficulty this season finance-wise. So maybe it's getting back to the point where we can start outbidding Aberdeen and Hibs for players again. That's the only way we're going to start moving up the league rather than just this chuck shit a wall and hope it sticks approach that we've had in the last five years. We need to go out and target actual players that we know are going to improve the squad. Of course, they're not all going to work out, and one or two random signings out of nowhere is not a bad thing. But when you're signing 11 players every January based on what their Y Scout profile says, then that's, that's how we've ended up where we are. So I'm, I'm quietly encouraged by the way we're going about business at the moment. And that's what we keep it up. I think um, I, I totally agree with what you're saying there. I think I think the issue for us is it's, it's not about outbidding these sites because I think we've been doing that anyway for the last 18 months. Um, you know the, the the kind of money that we've spent on players, um, you know, with the, the contracts that we've offered and things like that to these guys, you know, are are it's really good money. It's better than what Aberdeen and Hibs can can offer. the The problem is, it's like you say, it's it's just the the players that we're picking up aren't good enough, and they haven't been what we needed. Um, I think now, you know, I think Nielsen's not stupid. Um, he has an idea of the way he wants to play. He, he knows the importance of getting the right blend. Um, you know, he knew he needed a winger. And there's a guy like Gary Mackay, Stephen, who has been here, done it. He's won league titles. He's another winner um, that he's added to a squad that's already experienced. And, um, 
is there should be a business from Hearts. You know, I think it's a no-brainer. Um, you know, I think when players come available, I, I don't think it's just the case of, particularly when you're going up against a team like Aberdeen, you know, with the greatest respect to Aberdeen, I know that, you know, there's some advantages to going up there. You've got Derek McInnes, who who's a very respected manager. You know, you look at Aberdeen's form, they're consistently getting into Europe. They're normally in the latter stages of cup competitions. And uh, and people will look at that. You know, they've got a new training ground and, and they've supposedly got a new stadium on the way. But realistically, you've got Aberdeen or you've you've got Edinburgh, uh, capital city. You've got the best training ground in the country. Uh, you've got Tynecastle, the you know one of the best grounds in the country. Uh, the facilities are top notch. You have an ambitious board who want the club and feel the club can go um, quite a fair bit. You know, I mean, with the great respect to Aberdeen, yes, they're consistently in Europe, but they never get past the qualifiers and they never have done during that period. Um, where I'd like to think of Hearts have been in Europe consistently for the last seven or eight years, we would at least have made the group stages of Europa League twice. Um, and I think, you know, the club would strive for that. You know, they would see that as the target where I think Aberdeen are just happy to be in the playoffs uh, or get to the playoffs and see if they can get as far as they can. I think realistically, they know that's probably as far as they're going to go. I think at least Hearts as a football club you know, have an idea where they want to get to and, and know that they can get there and they know they have the finances to do it. But I think the problem for us is we've wasted too much time and we've just, you know, regressed constantly over the last 18 months in particular by spending that money on shite. And um, and look where it's it's found us. I say again, I think Hearts would have stayed up just. Um, and, you know, we could have easily been sitting in third place this season. Um you know, you, you never know what could have happened. It's all offs and buts. But the fact is we're in the championship. We need to rebuild and get ourselves back into the premiership. But the good thing is assigning somebody like Gary Mackay, Stephen, with the pedigree he has, it means that it gives you, it also gives a clear message to other players that you're potentially going for when they see somebody like Gary Mackay, Stephen going to championship hearts. They say, well, you know, they are obviously building something. Um, and that you know, it's encouraging for other guys to go there uh, to to think. Hmm, I, I might fancy a wee bit of that. See what they're doing. So, listen, you know, I think it's it's definitely the way forward for us. Um, signing that type of player, but I think once we've got an established squad and we've got a really good squad that are consistently, um, sort of firing us towards the top end of the table, you then identify quality, um, rather than as Calvin says, signing eight nine players every summer. That's got, that's got to be the strategy. Obviously, we've talked a wee bit about, we've sort of alluded to the, the, the overspend and potentially Hearts have done over the past few years. Does that hinder Hearts when going into negotiations with potential players? Because they'll know that Hearts have got money to spend. I think I think previously it had. I think previously, um, particularly when, you know, we're handing out four-year contracts to players like Lloyd Demure and, paying him, you know, X amount of money a week and guys like Glenn Whelan and things like that, you know, paying over the odds for players like that. And um, But I think now, you know, people will look at maybe Hearts differently. You know, we have a sporting director in there now whose who's sole job is to get the best deal for the football club. Um, you know, and I think I think that's the, the good thing is that we now have a structure behind us. You know, as a chain of command and people are, people know exactly what they're doing and, and what they've got to work with and, and they'll try and get the best deals. And I think I think that's important. You know, I think 
hopefully he knows, and I'm sure he probably does, um, knows when to push and when to kind of stand back a little bit. Um, I think our problem is, you know, we've just we've been a like a rabbit in, in taillights. You know, we've just constantly pushed and, you know, we've heard rumours that, um, you know, other clubs are, are in for the, the this player, you know, and we've just went, oh, just get, get, you know, give him as much money as possible. Where I think, you know, now we'll we'll sell what we we want out of the player. You know, we'll say, listen, do you want to play for Hearts? And if you do, we'll make it worth your while. But we're not going to go and just throw money at a player that we think could be good, but isn't really asked to be being here. And I think that's been the problem. Um, you know, players look good on paper, but ultimately they're they're just. You know, you've got you've got to have a certain thing about you playing Scotland, um, particularly at a club like Hearts, where the expectation is is huge. Um, you know, you can argue that um, the the pressure is just as as big playing for Hearts as it is for playing for the old firm. Um, I know it's different because these teams have won things, but you know, Hearts fans expect you to win. And it doesn't always happen, granted, but but Hearts fans do expect you to win at home, doesn't matter who you're playing against. I think I, th- I think Nielsen gets that. Um, so it's ultimately it's about getting players who can handle that. And because you know, it, inevitably there'll be spells where the going gets a little bit tough, and it's important that you have the the bottle to respond. And uh, and they did, um, you know, shown that today by coming back and, and winning three one after a, a damaging defeat the other week. They are not playing for a couple of weeks. Um, where you know if this was last season. That Hearts team, you know, would they turn up here and, and win a game three one after they had they, they were on the back of a defeat to Dundee? Probably not. Um and I think that's that that that's the problem. So um it's all about getting the, the right kind of blend and mentality in, you know, as as they've said, you've got to fit a profile. And I think now that hopefully we have the structure in place to to do that. Where, where do you think last season's team would be right now in the championship? Eighth. I was going to say 10th, but I'm a pessimist, Calvin. I'm not convinced to be top of the league anyway. I'll just leave it at that. I, <laughs> yeah, they were well, I said about half the players in last season's team the better, but I don't think they had the bottle or the, the mentality to compete in this league. You know, it's not the greatest league in the world. I think the two the two games we've lost, where it's two teams that have just got on our faces, I think you'd had a lot more of that against that team because I, I doubt we'd have beaten Dundee in the opening game and that would sit home. Yeah, I don't want to be eighth or tenth. I'd, I'd go uh, fifth or sixth, pushing for the playoffs. But I'd, I'd, we wouldn't be seven points clear. I can guarantee that. And obviously, Ollie Lee left this this week on loan. He only really played a season for Hearts, but he did make a big impact. Yeah, I, th- I think he's you know he, this season in particular, I thought he um, he was good. Um, I think he added something different into the midfield. And you know, it was only a couple of weeks ago. I was praising him for his cup final performance. You know. Um, he looked a, a guy who was hungry and determined to do well. Um, but, you know, he, he came back up here in the summer, was determined to to kind of get his place back. You know, it would have been easy for him just to, to leave then. So um, he's obviously missing his family or maybe I think it might be more to do with his wife, maybe missing missing family down south. Um you know, because clearly I think he, he, he desperately wanted to come back up here and, and do well. And I think, you know, had his wife maybe settled, then then potentially he, he probably would have stayed and maybe signed a new deal because, you know, he was playing consistently every week. Um, so it, it was out the blue a little bit. But, um, 
I think you know people people should look back on Ollie Lee's time at Hearts quite positively. You know, I think he he always sort of put in a shift. Yeah, technically maybe not the the greatest player, but um, I think he he certainly done a job, and he was probably one of the the few Levine signings from that kind of era that actually um, actually turned out well. And it's just a shame that he he, he wasn't leaving a Scottish Cup winner because um, he you know he certainly deserved to be. But um, no, I think I think Ollie Lee will 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 always kind of be held in decent regard up here, and um, and I think he you know should he'll do well down south at Gillingham. And not to mention his um, fantastic goal against Hibs as well at Easter Road. What a, what a strike that was. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We'll move on a wee bit and chat a wee bit about if Scottish football is going to stop. League One and League Two have both been suspended. And Ian Maxwell has obviously written to the Championship clubs to discuss if they want to suspend their league as well. We're going to talk a wee bit about how we've got Rafe Rovers you know, twice next week, but potentially not because they've had a COVID outbreak as well. Would it be the sensible thing to do to suspend the league, say for a month for a fire break? Or because there's testing in place, would it be sensible just to keep on going and making sure the testing is done properly? In all honesty, the discussion to suspend the league should have been taken three or four weeks ago. It's uh, Things were getting quite rapidly out of control mid to late December. And there was not even a hint of a suggestion that the league was was even close to getting shut down. We're now, well, in Edinburgh alone, it seems like cases peaked on the 31st of December, so we're 16 days post that. Scotland as a whole is coming down, I think, to start discussing suspending the league now is just nonsense. And without wanting to get full paranoia here, and this is going to sound very paranoid, a certain team was only 22 points behind three weeks ago when the league should have been getting discussed, being suspended. And the championship, I don't even know where that's came from. Maxwell supposedly interpreted John Robertson's interview about being worried about his players' families as Inverness wanting the league shut down. It's it's just nonsense. If the league gets called now, let's not let's not pretend it would be the same as last season. There would be major arguments for null and void completely because we only played 11 games in the championship. I think they'd played like 28 at the point it was called last season. Um, the Premier League was the same. It was 30 games have been played. So, And there's one club that sits there standing to majorly benefit from a season being null and void at this point in time so like I say if if these discussions were being had on when Nick Sturgeon put the whole country into level 4 on the 18th of December and cases in Scotland were rising at quite a rapid rate the discussion was to be had then it's not to be had three and a half weeks later when the situation is looking so much brighter than it was three weeks ago so no I think Make sure the club. I didn't even realize the championship clubs won't test, and I thought it was just a, a requirement that all full-time clubs had to test. But apparently not. But no, as long as I mean they've just been given half a million quid off the Scottish government on top of a grant from James Anderson at the start of the season. I think it was in the press today reported that Hearts' total bill to testing now and then the season was fifty thousand pound. Um, we've got the biggest squad by miles, so there's absolutely no reason why these clubs shouldn't be able to carry out a proper testing regime, and if they can't. And they need to forfeit. It should be the individual clubs that forfeit and they just give three nil wins to everybody for them. Just expunge them from the league. There's no, and they should be giving the money back to the Scottish government as well because that money was granted to them to carry on, not to just stop. Because let's no kid ourselves on. It's not going to be a three week suspension. It won't be. The league will be done, and we'll be with the same fighting we had last season. So it's a big no for me. I think the, the discussion was to be had three weeks ago, not now. 
you know, I think they, they even suggestion to come out with, you know, a null and void at this stage, particularly when um, one team is 22 points clear at the top of the league is, is a disgrace. Um, you know, and I would be saying the same thing if it was, uh, you know, if the roles were reversed. I think the, the shutdown of League One and League Two, again, is a disgrace as the small club's been chucked under the boat. Um, particularly Partick, Thistle and Falkirk, you know, they're the two, the two that you feel for. Partick in particular, who were unfairly relegated. And now they're at a stage where they, they won't be playing for three weeks. Personally, I think it will be longer than that. You know, I, I don't really see how or what benefits a three-week kind of shutdown has, particularly for um, the smaller clubs, you know. And now you've got a backlog of fixtures for these clubs who will probably have to play the midweek. That, again, is is an even bigger financial strain on them because they'll now have to, you know, pay people to come in during the week. Um, they'll have to pay extra electricity bills because their floodlights will be on and things like that. So, you know, it's it, people who... Uh, you know, they could have had these games on at the weekends. It's the same with the Scottish Cup as well. There'll be a massive backlog now with the Cup. Does that get continued? Um, it's It really is an absolute mess. It's down to the SFA and the SPFL's handling. Um, you know, I think the, the question to shut down the championship was, again, an absolute embarrassment. I think their comments about um, John Robertson and things like that, um, they've took out of context something he said. Um, in the press where he, he was talking about how his players had, and himself had, had kind of struggled during lockdown and things like that and, you know, the the whole situation. And the SFA have twisted it to try and put pressure on clubs in the championship to sort of call the leagues. I mean, at the end of the day, they're the Scottish Football Association. You know, they're there as a football governing body to, you know, promote the game of football in Scotland, not try to, to crush it and stop it from... From, from playing. It's an SPFL matter whether the leagues continue or not. Um, like I said before, if, if clubs at this moment in time are wanting to stop, then that should be on them. They can they can withdraw from the league. I've got no issue with that if you can't afford to carry on playing. But every single club was asked at the start of the season if they could commit to fulfilling a full league. And they all said, yeah, that's why, that's why we're here. Particularly listening to Ian Maxwell's comments during the week there, uh, I remember during the summer, you know, his, his comments were basically Hartsel, well, take your medicine, basically. Celtic have had an outbreak since then. They've had to field two kind of second-string sides um, and they've ended up dropping, um, you know, quite a bit of points out of that, you know, four points really out, out because because of that. You know, ultimately, this club, right, flew off to Dubai in the middle of a pandemic when they did not need to. Um, so I have no sympathy for them. Um, but ultimately, that's what the SFA should really be saying. You know, ultimately, you know, you've you've got a strong enough squad where you can still field your players um, who didn't need to be isolated. But ultimately, you went away abroad when you didn't need to. Um, yeah. And and I think instead, and actually, they should be getting punished because it's their second um, breaking of the rules. You know, ball and goalie at the start of the season when he went away on holiday for a wee jaunt off to Spain. Uh, instead, they just got, I think it was two games. I think Celtic got postponed. They got to play them again. But this is their second breaking of the rules. And instead of saying, oh, well, it's okay, they apologise. They should actually be getting either a points deduction or a heavy fine. Celtic have got a massive fixture pile up. There was a free midweek for games to be played. And instead of telling them, no, you're not jetting off to Dubai for, for a jolly, which is what it was. I mean, high-intensity training. I mean, I like a pint, but having a pint is no high-intensity training. And they're jetting off to Dubai when there's games to be played 
they then came back. Not only that, they made Hibs move a fixture to accommodate this. Right, that's absolutely, despite the fact that Hibs, and then Hibs got made to look the bad guys because they wanted the Celtic players to get an extra test. Absolute nonsense. And Neil Doncaster comes out and goes, oh, if Hibs don't play this game, Hibs will have to forfeit the three points. That's absolute nonsense. Why were they, I mean, I'm no, I, don't, I don't like sticking up for Hibs here, but they were well in their right to at least ask for another round of testing for the Celtic squad. Never mind. I mean, the game probably should have been postponed because, you know, one player's tested positive. Aye, but he's been sitting on a plane in a hotel with 16 others. And as for it being a high-intensity training thing, why is a guy that's on crutches and out for four months going to a high-intensity training camp? And now they've thrown Scottish football into, into another shambles. They should be setting an example that they are. They're, they're one of the biggest football clubs in the country. You know, the champions of Scotland. They, they are the flag bearers for our league. Um, you know, they represent us. In, not this, not now, of course, because they're out of Europe. But, but they, when they were, they, they would represent the country in Europe. They've done it for, for a number of years. You would expect them to be handling themselves um, a lot more professionally. I mean, you just have to look back to summer. I mean, I don't know why Hearts and other championship teams, League One and League Two, had to start their seasons in October. Why on earth didn't they start in August at the same time as every other team, try and get the most games played, and then if something like this did happen, obviously nobody has a crystal ball, but if something like this did happen, surely then they would be able to mitigate it properly. We're now in a situation where the championships only, we've only played 11 games in our season. You know, League One and two teams have only played exactly the same. If you were to cancel the leagues, you've not got any option to make that, you know, the, the final placings but you're pushing everything back. They should have been more prepared for the worst case scenario. You know, they knew this pandemic wasn't going to go away. Well, the, the, the thing is, this is unprecedented times, particularly for football. Um, you know, fans who are supposedly the most important thing that drives Scottish football, so we keep getting told, I've been calling for bigger leagues and better leagues for years, um, but they get ignored constantly. And I think, you know, we, we missed, we had, you know, three months, four months without football being played in the country um, due to the shutdown. You know, that right away should have been, you know, if they wanted to shut the leagues down, it should have been an opportunity for them to then say, right, we're going to restructure Scottish football for the better going forward. You know, we're going to get a, a sort of bigger and better, more competitive leagues in. Um, and we'll all just start in August and we'll go from there. You know, we'll, we'll get together and we'll get through this. Instead, they caused further deep division. Um, you know, they, they they got to the stage where they couldn't, you know, organise a piss-up in a brewery. Um, they had leaks uh, one and two in disarray. The clubs didn't even know if they were going to survive. Um, and now, you know, we're at a stage where we're in January and we've just went full circle again. And they're saying, well, I don't know if we can continue the leagues. You know, we might just have to shut down again. What does that achieve? It achieves absolutely nothing. It's unprofessional to the highest order. Last question for me on this. Do you think our game with, with Rafe Rovers will get played? Uh, it's up in there, isn't it? I'd like to hope so, because that'll be two weeks, but got no idea. When we play them twice in a week, so it's quite. A, it's going to be quite brutal to our already congested fixture list if, that, if they two games both get suspended, but as well, I just have to take it as it comes. You just hope that say that not because it's Wraith Dunfermline Wraith, isn't it? No, was it Wraith Wraith Dunfermline? Wraith Wraith Dunfermline. Wraith Wraith Dunfermline. Yeah, so that's yeah, that's a bit of a that's a bit of a nightmare. But uh, we'll just have to take it as it comes. You know, I mean, we don't know the, the severity of their outbreak, but um, or why it's happened. But ultimately, I still think you know football 
in particular uh, football clubs, you know, even at the championship level, still need to act with a bit of professionalism. And, you know, Hearts had an outbreak, had two players test positive, but we contained it very quickly. And, um, you know, our players now, I mean, even, for example, you know, uh, Andy Halliday, for example, appears on on Open Goal, and um, he's very good to listen to. But he hasn't he hasn't been on that show now since, for you know, since the kind of the first outbreak, um, because Arts have turned around and says, listen, you know, we need you just to just to basically train, go home, come back again. Can he be going about doing extra extra interviews here and there? Nazi's the same. He used to appear on sports scene and stuff like that, and they've basically said, listen, just. Come, you know, I know it's difficult, but come train, go home, that's it. Um, let's make sure we 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 adhere to everything. And and the players have done that, you know, it'd be easy for them to spit the dummy out and go, nah, um, I don't have to do that, I can go and do this, but they've but they've been professional and I think every other club needs to take a leaf out of our book. Thank you both very much for joining me. Yeah, hopefully um, we'll actually have a game to talk about next week. Until next time, goodbye.